Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day, Jeremy from Profitable Farmer here with my mate, Robbo. Good to have you online, mate. Mate, great to be back. G'day, everyone. Hope you're all well. So today, guys, Robbo and I are going to share with you quite a few of the mistakes that we've made around a really important topic. Um, And with that, we're also going to share with you um, just how important it is to get some of these fundamentals right and locked in and make them discipline in your business um, and some tips on how to become absolute masters of this thing called money. Um, Robbo, we've both got our own journeys on this topic, but I look forward to sort of just speaking to you more deeply and, and perhaps you sharing your history and I guess what you've learned around um, finance and business finance and money more broadly. So thanks for joining us this morning. Great to be here, Hutch. And it's, it's, a, it's a funny topic, isn't it, money? It's, it's one of those things, particularly when I was younger, growing up on a farm, Hutch, um, it, it's not really ever spoken about. We used to have a lot of tennis parties and uh, it's not like that my parents would sit around ever talking about money. It's a bit of a taboo topic, right? And and it's one of those areas that people don't like to bring it up. They feel nervous about it. it, it people people are embarrassed to talk about money or it's not like people would ever share their profitability because they feel like they're being probably a bit of a, let's be, let's be black and white, a bit of a tosser. So I'm really, I love talking about this topic because it's not spoken about Hutch and um, there's, there's a lot that we can all learn on this topic. It is absolutely the elephant in the room. Often, Robbo, it's the, not, it's the unspoken um, thing that we're all thinking about or, yeah. or it, it drives so much of us. But perhaps just to kick off, what are some of the limiting beliefs that we can have, especially growing up on farms yeah. around yeah. construct of money? Well, mate, I, I can just—I'll just share from my experience because I grew up in New England um, on a sheep, a little bit of cattle, um, and really, the only talk about money was uh, we don't have enough, or mum and dad fighting over it, or you know, mum might have gone and bought something, and dad, you know, mm. saying this in the nicest possible way because dad wasn't always narking at mum, but but it was just that it was just a heavy burden, mate, like. You know, it was um, we we struggled to even afford the holidays, and and it was just it was a stress. Um, and for what it's worth, I mean, I was never taught about money. I mean, I wasn't opened up to uh, what money is. I wasn't taught about how to make money. Really, I wasn't really shown uh, the power of compounding. I wasn't given any skills around money. And um, and and I think this wasn't just me. I, I think this was was everyone. I mean, I certainly was. There wasn't there wasn't a subject at school hutch on money. Uh, I went and did an accounting degree, but, but I still didn't understand money. I, you know, my, my learning of money came a lot longer on, but, but you know, for, for me growing up on a farm, it really was just all about, hey, as long as we're making enough to cover the costs, okay, as long as we're making enough to cover the costs, we're okay. Um, the one year at my, we, we, we had a great year. We, you know, we, we, the wool prices were exponent, you know, huge. And I, I was about 13. I remember dad, um, had a, had a thumper year and, and the, the reward that we had, I, this is the one clear memory I've got was we, we went on a trip to Fiji as a family and it was extraordinary. It was one of the best things on the planet. Um, but it's interesting because I, you know, dad, 
probably wasn't even shown himself how to invest the money or just how to have that basic understanding, Hutch. It was just, hey, work hard. Work as hard as you possibly can. If you're not making enough money, just keep, keep working. Keep working, keep working. That was probably the mentality that I was brought up. I mean, what about you? Robbo, for me, very similar. Um, money was hard to come by. Yeah. Um, you had to work your tail off to make it. Yeah. It was never enough. Yeah. And it was out of our control. So, you know, whether we make money or not was dependent on how much stuff fell out of the sky. Now, that's... yeah probably overstating it because my father was a farm consultant and he and mum both had relatively strong skills in and around the management of business finance, but it was absolutely not spoken about. It was the unspoken thing. And certainly as kids growing up, I don't feel like we were ever taught um, how to how we did get a bank account. I never forget going into the local bank and sitting down with the bank manager and getting our bank accounts set up and those things. So we had that and we worked and we we earned money, but we never learned what to do with it in order to create wealth, mate. And I don't I don't know about you, but but in in my case, when I I, I started business very young at twenty three, and I wasn't in farming. Um, I started uh, as a business coach, as you know, and but it was a business. But mate, I did not have, I still didn't have an understanding really of farming, even though I'm a coach back then. Mm. And 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 my my idea was, hey, just get out there and hustle and work, 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 work. But I, I didn't have a budget. I didn't review my P and L. I didn't understand that I had to pay tax if I made money. I didn't understand anything about it, Hutch. I didn't understand how to read a P and L. I didn't understand what a balance sheet really meant. Um, and I didn't have any, any, if you like, mastery mm. of money at all. And really, mate, I, I spent the next three years totally winging it. Um, and, and I got myself into a, a, lot, of, a lot of trouble because of that. Um, and, and it was only finally after three years when I had the major realisation of, holy moly, I don't really understand what I should be doing from a business point of view, from a professional point of view, or from a wealth creation point of view. You know, what, what do I need to learn to, to get this right, to set myself up financially in business and financially outside of business? And, and mate, I, you know, I, I didn't get those lessons from dad. Dad didn't have those lessons. Most people I knew didn't have those lessons. So really, uh, I had to go and self-learn uh, those those things from from studying wealthy people, from studying wealthy business owners, from studying very successful mentors that could pass that knowledge on to me, um, and and then apply those back into my business and life, and it's, and, and saw a significant transformation after after applying these principles. Robo, isn't it interesting that we don't learn this at school? We don't necessarily learn this from our our parents. Mm. Um, we don't learn it at uni. I did ag economics. Yeah, learnt macro and microeconomics, and then I went into um, a corporate company, and I was in finance. And some of the stuff that I've learned since, which is similar to what we're going to talk about today, I didn't even get in finance. Um, it's not until you actually get into small business and go deep on some of this, perhaps more entrepreneurial training around money and um, wealth that you start to uncover what you really need to know. 
you don't know what you don't know. And I, I, I think the great uh, breakthrough for me really came, Hutch, when I read the book, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. And for those that haven't read that book, um, it's a story of a guy that his real dad, who he loved deeply, um, was broke. Not broke, but struggled. And so he met another guy who he refers to as his rich dad, who was extremely wealthy. And the, 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 in a nutshell, the story is, hey, I can learn values and things about life from my, my poor dad, my real dad, but I'm, I'm not going to choose to learn about money from him. I'm going to learn about money from this other guy over here that's really wealthy. And that was a transformation for me, Hutch, because up till that point, I guess I shared my money issues or I asked for advice from mum and dad. Um, and, but after reading that book, I realized, hey, I need to get my financial advice now from somewhere else other than mum and dad. Mm. And that's sick. That's a big breakthrough. And there'll be many, um, there'll be many, many farmers listening to this that probably the only place you've got your advice is from your parents, really. And you, you know, you get stuck in living the way that they live and, and they have a major influence on your beliefs. They really do. And that the way they pay the bills, the way they, the way they budget, if they budget, the way they, they buy things, the way they farm, you know, we do things the way we're growing up or the way we you know, the, the person that's the closest mentor to us. But what we don't realize Hutch is that's unfortunately just being really honest, that's often the wrong way. And that's why we get trapped in limiting beliefs. We get, we get, brought up on on the wrong theory leading to you know uh, a, 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 not, a not great um, outcome yep and I think you're probably speaking to quite a few of the younger generation in farming out there that you know if we think about what ha- happened in that story of Kiyosaki's um, he went beyond his immediate family and sought yeah. out a really successful um, entrepreneur mentor. Yeah. And sought sought to learn this topic in a really different way, and yes, that's the big shift that that some of our next generation farmers might need to really think about making, um, just so they're getting some diversity around how they're learning on this topic. Hutch, not just the next generation farmers. You, you've you've still got to look at the the farmers that are you know fifties, sixties that that are that are still running. They're still running um, the business the way their parents showed them, and 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 they, you know, it's an opportunity to question: you know, Am I, am I doing it the right way? Am I, have I set up money mastery correctly? Am I interpreting my financials correctly? Am I making the right decisions based on specific key performance indicators overlaying those financials? So, you know, mates, uh, for what it's worth, some of the biggest transformations I've seen with our clients at farm owners. Uh, farmers in their 50s that have finally acknowledged that they've potentially been doing it the wrong way yeah and they're just they they want to use the next um decade or two to change their ways uh, be open-minded enough to 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 pivot and change what they're doing um to to have significantly more wealth creation over the next decade or two now they've done okay you know they've they've survived but they've, they've finally acknowledged wow there's so much hidden opportunity in my business, if I'm prepared, and here's the key thing, if I'm prepared to be vulnerable enough, open-minded enough to change what I'm doing from learning from someone who does it smarter than me. Mm. Yep. 
Robert, that's and, and Hutch. A lot of people don't do that, correct? Because they because they feel skeptical, or yep. they or they or they defend what they know. They they get trapped in what they think they know, and that stops them um, uh, realizing even even more potential. It's such a great point, Robbo. And I think what we know has got us to here, right? And so yeah. in order to get different results, we've got to apply a, a different and better theory. And, yeah. you know, the theory that perhaps we've inherited or the one we've been running with, it's, it might be okay, but it's worthwhile asking some deeper and better questions and just checking in what, what refinements can I make in order to, you know, take a really different way forward around this. So, yeah, mate. And and that I mean just to segue so nicely, mate, because I, 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 we've got a checklist of money mastery, and if I was to go down through this checklist, uh, I'd love our listeners to actually ask the question: Am I doing this? Mm. And be really honest, because there's an opportunity for you to do, if you like, a little audit on how successful you are with your money mastery or your your money management, and and you've got to be honest. Like you, you, for me, change comes from going. You know what? I'm not doing these things. And hey, what if I started doing them? Um, uh, I, I will bring more success in. But yeah, it got to start with radical open-mindedness and, and the desire to change. Perfect, mate. So with that in mind, for the rest of this conversation, let's focus in on how money mastery can genuinely set you up for life. Um, it's such an important skill, right, Robbo? It is. It is, it is. And if you like, there's, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real mindset that sits behind money, which uh, we've done some other podcasts on and, and we'll do future podcasts on and for, for the purposes of today. We're just going to look at basic money mastery um, that will help you run your business because farming is a business. And, and this, is just not, this is not just a farming enterprise, Hutch. This is, this is any business. And, and I'll just make the point that I definitely didn't do these things in the early days, uh, but I'm now rigorous on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I am because uh, I, I just don't want, want to go back into the pain, if you like, that I, I experienced by not being disciplined on, on what I'm about to go through. Perfect, Robbo. So just um, grab a pen and a piece yeah. of paper, guys, and list these out. And as we go, let's rate yourself on the degree to which you are completing on some of these money mastery tasks. Over to you. Yeah, yeah mate. So, so bigger level picture, it starts with putting really a really nice filing system around money in place. I mean, I, I just asked that question. How organized is your filing system on money? Uh, how easy is it to find invoices? How well have you set up your office? How well have you set up your email system to, to file things when they come in? Okay, so... So it's, it's that putting that baseline respect around money. I mean, the simplicity of how it sounds crazy, but just the respecting of money when you put it in your wallet hutch, the respecting of um, uh, laying out of, of anything to do with money, right? Because money's an energy. And when we respect, when we respect uh, money, it respects us. Okay, so, and, 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 and it also starts, hutch, just, just uh, for one piece on the, on the mindset, it starts with being comfortable saying, I like to make money or I enjoy maximizing my profit off my business because Hutch, this, I just want to address this one limiting belief because I, I'm, I get frustrated when I hear a farmer say, I don't do it for money. I mean, I'm like, well, if you don't do it for money, no worries. Why don't I own your business and you work for me 
for free. You know, it's a silly thing to say, Hutch, because there's an element of saying, oh, I don't care for money. And, you know, that's, and you're not saying it directly, but you're saying it indirectly. So, so the, the, it starts firstly with saying, I love money, I enjoy money, and I'm going to do what I can to maximize it. And, and it, for me, Hutch, this is not at the expense of the environment. This is not at the expense of ripping people off. This is just respecting that money has ears, that it's, um, it's an energy. Uh, when we respect it, it will respect us. And the minute we respect it and the minute we start committing to it, we're going to start implementing these things mm-hmm. that I'm about to go through. But, it, but you'll never implement all these things if you don't enjoy making money, if you don't respect it. Or if you've got this attitude of, I don't care for money, I only do it for the passion, blah, blah, blah. Um, even though that's a nice thing to say, but I will, I will almost guarantee that, that people, often people when they're saying that, struggle with money. I hate just being really honest, mate. Like when I hear people say, I don't do this for money, I'm like, yeah, you're, 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 there's an element of you being broke here. Now, last thing to say, of course you've got to be passionate about it. And of course you've got to love it. But I prefer you say, I love farming. I'm passionate about it. And you know what? I really enjoy making a profit as well. Why not? I mean, it's, it's there for the taking. It can be both. Absolutely. It can be both. So I love the comment. I mean, worthwhile, guys, checking your beliefs around money. So sit down yeah. and ask yourself that question. What beliefs do I have that I've grown up with around money? And then, yeah, how can I show a deeper level of respect towards money? I mean, it's true that if I show disrespect towards anyone or anything else in my life that it's not going to keep coming back to me and yeah so energy money is no different it is an energy um it's not a physical thing that we transact with it's far more than that Um, so two cracking questions to start your exploration around this on yeah great so i'm just going to read through these hutch and i'll just stop on a couple to expand them i won't stop on all of them because you know many of them are, are very straightforward um, but I'm going to go through this money mastery base level. If we have time, Hutch, we can go through the intermediate and then advanced. Otherwise, I'm sure we can share these notes in the um, podcast on, on our website on farmownersacademy.com. So the base level, your bank reconciliations are complete and up-to-date. You know, and, and ideally on, on a monthly basis and ideally by the 10th or the 15th of the month, you know, just just get it done, right? Um, secondly, all your income, GST, and taxes are filed, paid, and current. I mean, there's nothing worse in business I'm sure, for anyone that's behind the eight ball or delayed in their bass. They're just they're, they're they're not on time. You want to be on time, okay? And this is this is a big one, Hutch. And I'll go to this next one, then I'll tap in with you. But all your bills, and here's the key word: are routinely paid on time. You know, it's just an absolute disrespect to a supplier if your bills aren't paid on time. And not only that, the keyword there, routinely. So it's really powerful if you've got a slot in your week when you go, right, so Fridays is when I pay all my bills. Yep. Um, so yep. just to stop for a second on just those three huts, reconciliations, taxes up to date, um, and bills paid on time, right? Well, the the- Robbo is that the the money that we owe to the tax office isn't ours and never was ours anyway. So let's not count it as ours. Let's make that that payment first. And 
I do like that concept. And Roger Hamilton talks a lot about this as a mentor of mine, that there is a real rhythm to wealth. Um, if you can lock in set times daily, weekly, monthly around these rituals, um, wealth can come from that rhythm. Absolutely. Yes. Set times each week and each month where you complete on things like bill payments. Yes. Um, yeah, that's when we start getting momentum around this. It's the Absolutely, mate. That all so I'll go through the next few. We've got payrolls automated, accurate, effortless. Payroll is automated, accurate, effortless. Your business is current with loan repayments and is in conformance with all loan agreements. Your accounting department is systemized. Your accounting department, you're not winging accounting, okay? And you've got a, in addition to that, you've got a close relationship with your accountant providing you with regular intervals of what you can do to minimize tax throughout the year. You're not just waiting till the tax return, right? Sure. Um, each team member, uh, sorry, financial statements, including, this is a big one, financial statements, including cash flow budget and balance sheet are completed and reviewed monthly. Ideally, by the somewhere between the fifth to the fifteenth of each month. Mm. Now, Hutch, that is a game changer. You know, the 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 mere fact of updating your budget, the mere fact of reviewing. I mean, I I do this every single month. I review the budget. Uh, I review my balance sheet, um, and for me, it it just it brings focus. It brings. Um, it reminds me of you know what's coming up. I get the opportunity to look for. I get the opportunity to look at my current reality. I get there's a here's a great point that I uh, this is a game changer for me and 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 I'll pass this on. But what you measure will improve. So the mere fact of updating your balance sheet on a monthly basis and rev- and measuring your P and L, um, it it will grow. Which is, you know, you put, you, you measure, measuring your net worth. Sorry, you, I mean your balance sheet ultimately shows your net worth. So if you were to look at my, um, if you were to go into my computer, I've got like eleven years now, Hutch, every single month where I've measured my assets and liabilities and and my my net worth at the bottom, and it's up. I update mine on the first of every month, um, and I learnt that from reading. Uh, from a guy called T. Harv Eker, actually, he just said the number one the number one tip for success in money mastery is measure your money monthly. So I just thought I'd stop on on, on that one for a moment, Hutch. Um, how many farmers would, would, do you think would actually have that rigor around uh, updating their cash flow month their budget monthly and reviewing their balance sheet monthly? Yeah, Rob, I think it's a great point. I would predict that budgets might get set annually. Yeah. Um, and often it's just to appease the bank more so than to yes. use a really strong decision tool. Yes. Um, and then maybe quarterly we measure P&L performance against budget and maybe we update our balance sheet annually again, often just to, for the bank. Um, but what you've talked about there is on the money and it's not just looking at your P&L monthly, it's looking at the three critical dials in the cockpit. So if you think about your car, there's three dials there. It's exactly the same in finance, isn't it? That We've got to be looking at our balance sheet, mm-hmm. what we owe, own less what we owe, our true position. Mm-hmm. We've got to be looking at our profit and loss. But we've also got to be reconciling that profit loss back to cash flow 
so that we understand the cash movement. On yes. A, yeah, absolutely, Robbo. So I would suggest there's there's more to do for most on that. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I'll just give a quick tip here. Um, and I learned this again from another amazing mentor. Um, I like to have three budgets, Hutch. Most like, most likely, best case scenario, worst case scenario. Most likely, best case scenario, worst case scenario. It's very powerful because if you, number one, the best case scenario is where your focus goes because you might as well focus on winning, right? Um, worst case scenario, you can at least look at it and, and be prepared if it happens and go, well, what if this happens? And the brain will naturally just come up with contingency, you know, if, if what if we have a really bad quarter or year or whatever. So, so that's just another little tip. I mean, this guy taught you in order to create a, a world-class budget, it's, um, it's best case scenario plus worst case scenario plus four times most likely divided by six. And that will give you quite an accurate budget. I mean, it was one guy's opinion, but, um, uh, I just like looking at those, but I just thought I'd, I'd drop that in. So I'll keep going, Hutch. Before we do, we're on budgeting, Robbo. Um, I love Excel because you can have the assumptions behind the budget driving the budget. So grain prices, tons, equaling income, and then you can tweak the price and you can tweak yield and you can tweak yeah. different inputs to the budget to see the impact and just how sensitive your budget is to those assumptions. Yes. Um, that's also really important. I use budgets um, to make almost every decision. Yeah, me too. In business. So it's absolutely good to be looking at your performance against budget on an annual basis. But whenever there is a decision point to make, be it recruiting, um, be, be it a change in enterprise, be it um, yeah, anything, it's so yes. important to go back to your budget and to run that scenario and to be making evidence-based decisions rather than, as you say, um, just shooting. How did you describe it? Just um, winging it. Winging it. Yep. I mean, mate, for what it's worth, most businesses, if you could appreciate there's a, there's a bucket and it's full of water um, and, and in order to maximise profit, we've got a full bucket of water. But most, most farms or most businesses have holes, 15 holes in the bucket because they're winging it and, 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 and the owners out there are so busy farming that they're not even paying attention to the leakage or they're not, they're not paying attention to asking those fantastic questions, which is what could I do to maximise my profit? How could I find another 100K this year? Or what if I put on a team member here in the budget, you know, let's say it's 5K a month, and that will free me up 20 hours a week. And what if I could use that 20 hours to work over here? You know, what if I could add another 500K on the top, on the top up here? You know, the, the, the budget is a strategic roadmap for testing theories and testing exactly what you said. It's a game changer. Mm. I mean, I, I spend hours in it, mate, and it's, it's part of the whole thinking process and, and challenging and you can just see so much or you could go, hang on, what if we got rid of that expense there or what if we renegotiated that and knocked 10% off that? You know, there, there's so much you can play around with and, you know, you, you can see, you see six-figure movements on the bottom line plus or minus just with a few tweaks in your budget you know this is where you can find another 100k a year Hutch. so it's money mastery um going down this mate each team member gets the relevant reports required and makes use of the information of course uh big one here i think you guys might have spoken about this but benchmarking 
annually to make sure it's delivering the outcomes you require. I don't know if we need to spend much more time on that, Hutch, but I just, having been with farm owners for five years, having seen what the benchmark does, having witnessed the, the you know, some clients going from losing money to profiting over half a million bucks a year, you know, some clients finding um, the ability to add 100K to their bottom line like that from a benchmark. Um, I mean, I, I, it's significant, right? And it's a base level mastery, would you agree? Um, uh, and I still don't know how many farmers don't benchmark, but the, I, I gather the reason they don't is because they just don't believe in it or they don't understand it or they don't really see the, the value in it, correct? Yeah, I think um, for me, there's two things that sit behind benchmarking which make it incredibly powerful. One is trends. Yeah. If, if we look at – if I said to you, Robbo, Michael Clark um, got 34 runs on Saturday, you know, is that a good or bad result? <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's just a result, right? But if, if, his, if his batting average is 88, then it's not a good result. Yes. But if his, if his average for the last you know, 10 innings has been 14, then he's, he's on the up. But um, trends are so important. Yes. Most of us, when we look at our P&L at the end of the year with our accountant, we're just looking at one, maybe two periods. It's meaningless. Um, and so one of the things that's really powerful, I think, behind benchmarking is just having trends that are you know, in ratios. That's the next thing that, that tell a story. They bring the numbers to life. And the other part to it is, is critical ratios that look at one part of the P&L or the balance sheet relative to another. Yes. And through those ratios, and this is the bit that most of us don't understand, is that efficiency is critical and liquidity is critical and productivity is critical in farming yes juices we've got to be we've got to be all of those things but yes. when P&L or a balance sheet just on their own it, they don't tell you those things no you look at a P&L and see how efficient you are you well can't, can't, and the P&L is created by often the, the finalized by the accountant and it's used to minimize tax yeah. And it's not even a true reflection of the business, Hutch. Yeah. But, but, but with, the, with the right ratios in the right order and, wrap, and, and delivered to you um, compared to best practice and underpinned by trends, there is so much um, strength to that because it turns meaningless numbers into measures of efficiency, liquidity, productivity, um, performance that you can't get anywhere else. So for me, if, if if we're serious about anything, if we're serious about cricket or golf or business or farming, we have to be not just receiving the benchmarking reports, but we've got to know how to calculate those ratios for ourselves. Yeah, and understand them. Yeah. We interpret them and we've got yeah. levers that we can pull to drive them forward over time. Bingo. It's, I think a lot of people won't do it because they don't understand it or they don't, they don't know how to interpret it. And I think that's what holds them back because, because there's, there's a lack of financial literacy or there's a, there's a, there's a lack of understanding of money mastery, Hutch. Um, and, and for me, the, the other power of benchmarking that I think is just brilliant is 
when you can most farmers are mixed farmers in some capacity i mean not all but but many are and the ability to break down the enterprise mix into its own P&L and actually show, well, hang on, let's say you're a sheep cattle cropping farmer. Here's what the sheep business is profiting. Here's what the cattle business is profiting. Here's what the cropping business is profiting. I find that, I find that amazing. Mm. It's like, um, you know, a, a lot of businesses outside farming huts will have 100 products, for example, and if they were to benchmark each product, they would actually realize that there's only a portion of them making a lot of money and the rest are draining the business dry. And as you know, through coaching, it's we help clients find those 20% of products that produce the highest return, get rid of everything else and focus on them. Mm. Um, and so you can make these significant strategic decisions to maximize the profitability on your farm just from often modifying your enterprise mix purely from the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the other big the reality. Is like. you can't you can't make really accurate and meaningful decisions without them. Um, no, and I think we touched on that in our last podcast with Greg um, Johnson, farm owners director, who has pioneered the benchmarking system that our members use. And yeah. he, as you well know, Robbo, he's an authority on this. Yeah, best educators around financial literacy and benchmarking, certainly in Australia, if not beyond. Well, some of our clients were saying they've done benchmarks with other places and, and all of them, you know, they've, they've said this is, this is benchmarking on steroids because it is that comprehensive and, and that, that true of a picture to the performance of your business. You can't, numbers don't lie, key performance indicators don't lie. Um, but, mate, we'll, we'll just move on respecting time. Uh, the last three, systemize information gathering. Um, Profit margins on each product or service category is known, which is what we just spoke about. And this last one, you get paid first on a regular basis. And, and you know, the big, another big game changer for me, Hutch, is when I recognize so money comes into my business, I need to be paying myself a salary every month. It took me five years, Hutch, to start paying myself a salary because I would rely on drawings off the business. But... In agriculture, it should be $115,000 a year for the principal person, $70,000 a year for the secondary person. So that money should be paid straight out of your business account, straight into your personal account, ideally on the first of every month or on a set date, every month or even every fortnight or whatever. Uh, All the taxes taken care of, Hutch, when I set up my account, so I had another account that was my tax account. So all the pays you go, um, profitability, Everything went into that tax account because that's not my money and all the GST. And it's just getting all the account structure set up. And the other one that I set up as well was my Freedom account, which was an account. And this is a, from the millionaire mind, T. Harbecker, but he said, one of the first things you should do is set up what you call is a Freedom account. And he also said, put money into it every single day. Make some form of transfer, even if it's a dollar, into your freedom account every, every single day because what happens if we don't have a freedom account, we, we absorb, we, we find a reason to spend the money. You know, we, we, we attract an expense in or we, we um, you know, the vacuum, nature abhors of, of a vacuum. Um, I found that if I just left the money in my account, Hutch, I'd find a reason to spend it. But if, if it was pulled out and I couldn't see it, 
then it was safe. It's, it's uh, really important. This is particularly in personal accounts, right? So the money hits personal straight into a freedom account, you know, 10, 20%. Um, a great book on this, Hutch, is The Richest Man in Babylon. It says, you know, you should be, you should be putting away so you can't touch 10, 20% of your, um, your, your, your salary. But I just wanted to stop there for a second and, and sign off with you on, on paying yourself first and on a regular basis and being consistent with that. The importance of that, Hutch, is, is huge, correct? Absolutely. I went through um, uni with a bloke who did this from day one, in his, you know, had a pub job, first year uni, and 15% of his income went into an account that he couldn't touch. He's now 45 and financially free. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so many of us, for a whole range of reasons, didn't get a start then and didn't do that. We just, we just didn't apply that discipline and ritual. No. Um, so we've gone and created wealth in other ways. But just that simple discipline has really set him free because he got into it and he gets to enjoy the benefit of compounding on that forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's money. That's the, that's the basic money mastery base level hutch. And for the purpose of today, uh, I think we could either come back to the intermediate and advanced level. There's two more levels, uh, but that's just the base, right? And, you know, I, I just would, would invite our listeners to ask the question, you know, how would I rate myself on implementing those, what we just covered rigorously um, and do I have good disciplines around those things? And, and I just invite you, if you don't, to start Hutch. And, and, you know, watch the transformation in what happens when you start doing these, these basic things. And, and they are basic things, Hutch. They, they might be complicated at the start, like learning, learning to interpret your figures and into key performance indicators can be quite overwhelming at the beginning. But once you learn it and understand it and have a respect for it, you'll actually start really enjoying it. You'll avoid it if you don't understand it. But if you can understand it, um, you, you can start enjoying it. Uh, and and uh, I don't, are you okay with that, mate? We can, we can post the, the list in the notes, but we can come back and explore the intermediate and advance it at another time. Oh, of course, Robbo. I think what you're encouraging people to do at the heart of this is to take responsibility. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people um, out there like I used to, which I used to just leave it to my wife or leave it to someone else in my family or someone else to be responsible for. And you know, I feel like there's a lot of farmers out there that are, you know, I hear them say things like, oh, "I leave that to the bean counter," "I leave mm-hmm. I leave that to the bookkeeper," or, you know, my partner yeah. does that. Yeah. That's not it. I think getting no. the systems around this, the rituals and the rhythm around this, right down to setting up that freedom account and getting money into it every day, that's a cracker. Um, yeah. But until you've got a system and a discipline for that, things won't change and things won't start and taking up. So I would encourage all of us just to, to take a whole new level of responsibility around this yeah. until the system's there that you can depend on. Such a great comment, Robbo. Thank you. Mate, absolutely, and um, I'm just going to talk about this here because I, I think it's so relevant. Um, it's June, Hutch, and we're coming to the end of a financial year. There's never a better time to make that decision now and go, I'm going to set – I want to have a cracker year next year. I, I want to learn these things. I want to do it right. Now, in order to learn them, it's around about 15 hours. And, you know, it, it's not a huge amount of learning, Hutch. There really isn't to actually get your head around it, to learn it, to set up the systems 
of, of, of how to do a great cash flow budget, of how to set your P&L up correctly, of how to under, interpret your key performance indicators, which ones you should be focusing on and, and um, understanding what they do and why you should measure them. And, and, and not only that, what's a, what's a healthy KPI versus a weak KPI, right? So learning these things and then setting it up, is, is, it will take a bit of effort. But once you've got it, as you said, once it's systemized and then you routinely just have that little, you know, 20, 30 minutes a month, maybe, a, maybe half a day a quarter, maybe a day a year, once you put these, the, this, this routine in place, um, it, it, the, the, the cash flow, the, the, the change in your money management, your profitability will be significant. Uh, and that's why what Greg's created with this farm financial framework, Hutch, uh, for those of you that haven't heard about it, uh, we, we ran a program to our, our platinum mastermind clients called the farm financial framework. It was, it was really popular, really successful. We're releasing this to the public. Uh, it's a thousand dollars. It's, we, we value it at $4,000 because we it includes two tickets to our events. Uh, it includes all members of your family. We'll mail you out a workbook. But it's delivered online. It's delivered over seven modules. The, the, the course itself is five modules, but we're, we're expanding it to show, interpret some of these, um, uh, if you like, benchmarks. The thing that I love most about it, Hutch, is, is anyone that does it will get a benchmark. We'll be able to see their figures and interpret them across, um, I think it's, was it 21 KPIs? 17 core. 17. But there's more than that once you get down to that next level, Robert. Yeah. So you, you'll, you'll, um, you'll be interpreted against 17 key performance indicators and show, you'll be shown if your business is healthy or, or not. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just such a fan of this. Greg, Greg is so wise at this stuff, Hutch. He's such a genius at this. And, and um, I just invite anyone that's uh, listening to this to jump on board at farmownersacademy.com. Uh, forward slash farm financial framework. If you just go to farmownersacademy.com, go to programs on our website, you, you, you'll see it, farm financial framework. But mate, it's a, it's a, you'll get lifetime access. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll learn the art of this. You'll set it up. You'll implement as you go and you'll have this, this mastery in place uh, for years to come and you, you'll reap the rewards for years to come. It's not just like it'll benefit you next year. It'll benefit you for, for years to come. So, uh, I I just invite people to check it out. It's, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Anything else you'd add to that, mate? Well, thanks, Robbo. Appreciate you outlining that. And I think, you know, just to wrap that up, I think um, I've been lucky enough to train around financial literacy with Keith Cunningham and some superstars um, through the business coaching community that we have. Um, I do believe that Greg's as good at this as anyone on the planet. And so... Um, an investment in this does give you access to the very best financial literacy training for farming families and it is completely practical, completely applied and you get to take the lessons and apply them directly to your business right through the program, mm -hmm. um, which makes it quite unique compared to other programs that are out there. So absolutely encourage anyone listening to get on board with this. It kicks off, I think, Robbo, on the 3rd of July. 3rd of July, mate. We've only got a certain, we're 50% full, just to be clear to at, at this at, at this point. Uh, so we've got a certain amount. Um, I think the big the big kicker here is we, we include a couple of tickets to our two-day event we call Top Reducers Hutch. 
which is just a dynamic uh, two days on your business to help you transform, optimize, propel your farm. Uh, so that's valued at two grand, Hutch. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're doing this at such a cost-effective price because it is the first time we've released it to the public um, and we just want to get as many people as possible uh, to benefit from this. But, well, you know, our, our limit's 150. We've, we've had 75 sales of this. But, but mate, it's fantastic. Um, of course, we guarantee everything we do, but it's, I, I just I can't tell you what you just said. Greg, Greg is just so good at breaking down the complex into simple so you can apply it directly to your, your business. So we've covered a fair bit, Robbo. We've gone through beliefs around money, where those limiting beliefs can come from. We've, we've, we've asked people to really just check in on the degree to which they're respecting money. And we've looked at sort of 10 or 12 points that are really clear that we can publish um, that allows you just to assess how you, how you are in terms of money mastery at that base level. Mm. Um, Really interesting, Robbo. There's so much more we can go into. I think we will do another one on the advanced component of that checklist. And, um, yeah, guys, farmfinancialframework.com. Farm. Sorry, Farmownersacademy.com forward slash farmfinancialframework. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks, Robbo. Thanks, everyone. Speak soon. Bye now. Now.